Yeah. So again, we are branching out and this is the official uh, kickoff, the inaugural Brigham Young Money Sports episode. And today on the podcast, we have a bit of a collaboration um, with, we're talking NBA with Tony Jones. He is the Utah Jazz beat writer um, for The Athletic. And Dave Dufour, podcast host and basketball analyst for The Athletic, the dynamic duo known as the Game Notes podcast, which is a seminal listen for any and all jazz fans. After one episode with me on it, that's now that's high praise. I'm saying though. High praise. Like there if you're a jazz fan, you gotta listen. like first of all, if you're a jazz fan, A, you've got to get the athletic. It's like 10 bucks a month. You can fucking it's way cheaper a, than that. Yeah, you can yeah, get like one a, of those like Christmas actually, deals where you know it's a dollar a month. You know, all right, yeah. you know what? You know what? If you go to theathletic.com slash game notes, you get two subscriptions for the price of one. So you can buy one and gift one to someone else. That's pretty good. There That's, we go. Yeah. I and mean, how much it's, is it for the Christmas season? So you got it. It's 60 bucks for the year. Okay. Two subscriptions. Okay. All right. Like good deal. That's I know. I like I absolutely know the wife is just straight up tuned in to the No Dunks podcast. So I'm yeah, gonna get one for my fiance. Is. She knows nothing about basketball. So this will be our bridging moment to there us. Oh yes. To her eventually breaking up with me. So So, okay, uh, I don't know how, how much of the intro is still going to be here, but yeah, we, intro. we've Let's got Dave and Tony. Works. Oh, my God. We've got <laughs> we got Dave DeFore and Tony Jones of The Athletic here. Uh, that we'll, we'll plug The Athletic at the end. We're going to talk about that whole gift thing. Theathletic.com the slash game notes. Buy one, gift one. There we go. Go right now. Okay, so the plug is back twice. Go to theathletic.com slash game notes. Okay. Yeah. I'm bad at plugging. So no, that, that's good. As long as we got it in there. And um, yeah. Uh, <laughs> my fucking brain. So um, yeah. So we're here. We're talking sports. We got to keep Greg's first intro in there because it was it, it was glorious and illustrious. So um, so I mean, starting things off real quick. Uh, the NBA season's in preseason right now, and. Um, we're in a different situation than we were last time we talked about uh, the NBA when games were going. We're no longer in a bubble. And uh, we had more COVID deaths today than we've had throughout the entire length of the pandemic so far in this country. So, um, yeah. Jordan, give me your thoughts about that. <laughs> oh, we're going right into mass death. All right. My uh, specialty, yeah. I guess, because you threw it right to me. Um, you know the most about it. Yeah. I know the most about death. You, I don't know. Psycho. Okay. Um, well, we're still in a very bad place. And I think that it's, it's interesting that we're kind of starting up all the sports again, too. Like the NFL is still in full swing. The NBA is starting up again with inside all their own arenas. Um, how many NBA arenas are actually having fans for preseason? Are any of them having them for preseason or is it, are they just going to start up for regular season? I think the jazz had them. Season. Well, the jazz have fans. I thought that it was just like friends and family of like staff and stuff at this point, but 
Um, yeah, so there have been like fans inside the jazz arena uh, at, in some capacity and will have fans when the season starts. Um, is 1500 the number? Professional? 12 to fi- it's like 12 to 1500. Yeah, it's it's really interesting to see right now, too, because like no matter which sporting event I watch, if there's fans in the stands, like it just peaks my anxiety. I, yeah, it, it's it's so weird to think now, like even like watching footage of like last year with like a stadium, with like 60 or 70,000 people at the football game. It's like, nope. <laughs> no. Yeah. Tony, you were at the uh, OKC game, right? The uh, the infamous OKC game. I was there. Tell us a little bit about that experience, because uh, I I mean, it's insane how different things are from then um, and worse. But uh, yeah, I'm just curious how that went down from your perspective. Yeah, Tony, what was it like to be an eyewitness to the world ending? <laughs> uh, it was uh, pretty surreal. And it was I mean, obviously. Um, it was it was it was game changing for for lack of a better term. Um but, you know, the funny thing was, you know, like once everything went down, I mean, we had to get tested too with the reporters. So yeah. we had to stick around and 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 get tested with the team. And um, we knew we were we knew that we couldn't um, get on a commercial flight because we had been exposed. Um, so. You know, we were waiting around, like the reporters, me, Andy Larson, Sarah Todd, we were waiting around trying to figure out, okay, are we going to have to stay in Oklahoma City for two weeks? Or, you know, are the Jazz, or, or you know, what's going to happen? And, it, and the Jazz completely stepped up and said, hey, you guys can come back on our team flight. Um, you know, and it was, it was crazy because, like, you know, if, if this were, like, six months past i mean it would have been it would have been totally different knowing yeah. what we know now um but it was just really surreal and then we took that really painful covid test where they stuck the swab the brain right poke. Your, your, your the lobotomy brain, your, your your skull and then I, the, the best part about it was like you know i was in the locker room uh eating the team dinner because you know you never get to eat the team dinner, and I was like, "Oh, the team dinner is really good." Damn, and all right. And then you know they called us and said, "Hey, you know you're either positive or negative." I was negative, but just the the whole surrealness of the night, the fans leaving, um, the PA announcer as the fans leaving saying, "You're very safe, just leave." Um, <laughs> Jesus. Nothing, yeah, no, nothing that like was basically being... what it is. Like, oh my god, such a twenty eight days arena. later vibe. Yeah. Everybody leave the arena. You're safe, but just get out. <laughs> you know, and it was it was it was just crazy. The halftime the halftime act performing at the beginning of the game when the teams left the floor. Uh, oh, for real? I, I forgot about that part. Yeah, that that was that was part of the whole thing. Like they to entertain everybody while you know the game while everything was being sorted through, you know, they had like the halftime act. And so the the halftime act performed, and then meanwhile, like we were trying to get back to the locker room uh, to see what was going on. They wouldn't let us back, and they wouldn't let us where, you know, we normally had access. Um, and then we were getting on the the, the phone. Yeah. Um, then I started getting on the phone with everybody, and then start to 
then we started to piece together. So yeah, like when really the, like the halftime act was taking place and everything, ostensibly they were like waiting for test results for was it Rudy at that point? Just Rudy? No, nobody knew anything. The, the halftime act was performing right after both teams had <laughs> gotten off the floor. Wow. Like, so we knew, I mean, we didn't know, but so the, they were stalling. But that's what was happening yeah. though, in in right. somewhere in the background. Okay. And this so this was this was after the players got taken off the floor and before the game got officially canceled. Halftime act. You know, so it it was it was just crazy. Nobody knew what was happening. But but then, you know, we started making phone calls and then, you know, um then um, by that time, we we figured out that that uh, Rudy had tested positive, and and that was that was that. And you know, the the that's that's one other thing that I remember from that day. Um, from shoot around, Rudy and Emmanuel Moody missed shoot around with flu like symptoms. So that. everybody. Everybody in the jazz core, the jazz reporting core, me and Andy and and Sarah, first we went and got like the best ramen ever that day. Hell yeah. Um, in Oklahoma City. I don't know how there's good ramen in Oklahoma Fam- City. Famous ramen is. city. <laughs> is it? No, oh, absolutely not. I, I, okay. I don't know shit about it was, Oklahoma. It was fire. It was great. So we went we went and got ramen. We all sent texts to, to the Jazz, and the text said, basically, hey, can you guys confirm that – can you guys rule out the coronavirus for Rudy Gobert and Emmanuel Modier? And they couldn't. The Jazz could they, – they didn't. They just said they're out for flu-like symptoms or they're questionable with flu-like symptoms. That's all we know. Yeesh. And that should have been like that was like our first red flag, and then the game came, and all that stuff, and it was just, it was just madness and and mayhem from there. It was it was a night that I don't think anybody will ever forget. Yeah, um, it's insane. I mean, I think Rudy was like number or person number like three in Utah to have it or something like that, which is just insane on its own, but um yeah it's it's pretty it's it's absurd how far we've come since then and um now it's a way of life yeah yeah i'm i mean i don't know i don't know about you guys but like anytime i'm like watching um like i i I watched uh since starting of the pandemic i watched through the sopranos again and like seeing how much they fucking kiss each other on the face and like everyone's at like i'm just getting like anxious just like watching all of this physical contact i'm like this is disgusting. This is this is just I, I can't I don't think I'll be able to I'll ever be able to go back to uh not I'm that the I opposite. was doing really. Yeah, man. I'm hugging more people. Uh, just all the time now. Yeah, man. Strangers even probably. I mean, you know, I, it's uh I don't know. I kind of miss it. That's you know right. what I mean? I miss yeah. being around people. What I do I, too I so like much. To sit, <laughs> like I like to sit at a bar when I travel. You know what I mean? Yes. And, yes. and I can't travel and I can't sit at a bar. I mean, like most of my favorite things in life involve being around other people, in particular strangers. Yeah, it's fun. I like that. Uh, I don't get to do any of that. So yeah, man, I, I'm I'm the opposite. I'm like I like that. I, I love all those things too. I'm just like 
thinking I get anxious thinking about like when I see what's happening on screen thinking about doing that right now makes me anxious but yeah not being able to go to a bar and like yeah it's or the or a movie theater or a coffee guys, shop you guys have alcohol in Utah no actually it's a dry state no we uh we recently banned all alcohol unfortunately i'm kidding i, I can't no, I'm, I'm serious fun I'm, is actually illegal in utah yeah that, yeah you know i disagree i think uh <laughs> you have fun in the outdoors that's dave where do you live i don't even know i live in texas but i'm not a texan what where are you from i'm from virginia all right well, very yeah. i have to make that very clear i'm a virginian that you're not a texan not a texan so That's I have right. to I have to cut in real quick and sure because this is like especially relevant because um, I'm I am like Dave I enjoy social settings I'm very much an extrovert um, but today was one of those days where I became even pro mass more pro mass than I've been in the past and that is I went to Knickerbockers it's a little deli up by the uh, yes sir University of Utah by oh, Research yeah. Park huge cosine. Big fan. The club sandwich is fantastic. Uh, I had my mask on. I had my beanie. So, you know, I'm fairly unrecognizable, like in full sub-zero mode and ran into somebody I went to high school with who like we weren't like all that cool with each other and totally avoided what would have been an incredibly awkward conversation. Hell yeah. Masks and forever. Yeah. And, and, you know, and I had my little boy with me. And so I would guarantee would have had to have, oh, you, you're a dad. What's that like oh, conversation? No. Oh, like, yeah. Like I totally avoided like the, the, the kid in the wallet conversation. Nicely done. Which like, give me that for the rest of my life. Absolutely. No, I, I'm totally on board too. Like I am a big fan of like, I'm not going back after, after coronavirus goes away. I'm going to wear the mask everywhere. I have invested in the good Under Armour mask too, because those are just comfortable. And I hate it when people talk to me at the store and this has been like heaven for me. It's great. I love it. Yeah. So Very low I'm in on, I'm in on masks in public because it, it actually like is a good thing. Like during flu season, like I think we should adopt that. I, yes. lived, I lived in I lived in South Korea, and that was like a big thing there. Um, oh, where'd you live in South Korea, Dave? I lived about forty five minutes or so south of Seoul. Oh, nice! I lived in Songnam for a year. Oh, all right. There you go. Do, were you teaching? Uh, no. The other, he was serving oh, the American army. Yeah, yeah. the okay. only other p Americans <laughs> yeah, who go to South other Korea to be there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, okay. So okay, we were right down the road. I was Osan. So oh, nice. Uh, yeah. So during the winter there i mean you see masks like it's very common yeah partially mm -hmm. because of you know tight spaces but also you know keeps all the uh the gobi desert sand out of your lungs oh yeah that stuff sucks too sucks. i didn't even know that was a thing that's yeah, good to know you just have to sweep off my little balcony constantly yeah they call it like yellow dust or something like really that. That, oh yeah hell? it just blows in from like china all the way down and just pollutes the entire peninsula it sucks wow yeah. You've seen the Saharan dust storm stories before. Yeah. It's like that, but it's from the Gobi. In, oh, jeez. I, okay, I didn't even know that. All right. Gives you a hell of a respiratory infection, I'll tell you that much. Yeah. That sounds great. Those are in style these days. Um, and, uh, yeah, so, I mean, going back to, like, this NBA season, specifically, like, what happened in the bubble, um, we, the three of us in particular, I think we're pretty skeptical going into that because, I mean – uh it seemed like it was going to be a mess there were i mean, like 
the bunch of players like before it just didn't seem like it was going to be a realistic thing to it was also like we had test cases from other leagues like mls was falling apart at the time wwe was falling apart at the time and having people test even like without fans in the stands right kind of doing like well mls's was pretty serious so yes MLS's did end up being the same as the NBA's, but the problem is like right before the bubble started teams, like there was too much time for teams before to get infected before going exactly. to the bubble. So they had yeah. multiple, they had two teams yeah. that dropped out of the tournament entirely because too many players on the team had contracted it. Once the bubble actually began and it was fine, it was fine. And it, it was better than fine. It was like NHL uh, the same, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. So we know that the bubbles work. WWE yes. was having issues because they weren't a bubble. And, and when you, re- like, when I read the NBA's plan, I was like, oh, well, no, this is like a real bubble. They literally are doing a real bubble. Yeah. My first idea uh, after the shutdown, I think it was like a couple of days later, I said, these guys, they, what they should have done was just done summer league. So take over UNLV campus, have the guys all stay there. You've got multiple gyms. It's already set up for TV. It's all of these things. And then Disney is just a way better version of that. Yeah. Obviously. And I was like, oh, yeah, this makes total sense. As long as the, the key was all of the testing mm-hmm. and for, for like weeks out. So they were able to get rid of all those cases before they started. Now, they're trying to do the same thing here for the regular season. But the issue is it's not an actual bubble. So there are right. going to be cases. It's just how it is. Yeah. Well, they're they're off to a good start, though. I mean, we're talking about, yeah. you know, the way, we're talking about one positive test in the last 549 tests over the last um over the last week this so, is the second round of mass testing this, this, is that right this is the second round um this is according to the athletics on sean sharania yeah yeah so um you know i mean the second round of time i mean you knew co- that guys coming into the market for the first time were going to test positive so you knew there were going to be some positive tests and there was going to be some exposure um but this second round has been uh has been you know pretty um, encouraging if you want, if you want to call it that, but once the question is, once everybody starts traveling in earnest, once the regular season starts, you know, then I, I expect the numbers to pick up. The um, risk is, is so much higher. Yeah. But I mean, I mean, at, but at this point, here's the thing. It doesn't matter. I'm, I don't want to say it doesn't matter. Well, there are positive tests won't matter to the bottom line of the league because the league lost too much money in last year. You know, it's not, it, 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 you know, if they are positive tests, I mean, it's not going to stop what the production is because the league can't afford to lose. Yeah. Um, the league can't afford to lose the revenue. So, so that brings up a good question. Like, so what happens when this inevitably does happen and like players test positive? Like, do you guys know what the, well, what the, the criteria is for, you know, delaying games entirely like is i'm sure there's some there's probably a threshold and i i can't remember it off the top of my head because you know like i just skimmed the document but i will say there are protocols right like they at least have rules and it seems like they're not going to bend them the issue is that you're just going to have cases yeah and you're going to every single time it's just going to be people trying to dunk on you saying well you shouldn't be playing anyway which yeah i mean of course they shouldn't but the money thing is a real issue right yeah no yeah I can't, I can't tell them not to care about their money. And yeah. we, I mean, already- this, this is why, this is why we're starting the, this is why we're starting the season. Right. In December 22nd. 
Yeah. Because we're talking about a we're talking about a difference of you know five hundred is it five hundred million or five hundred billion? We're talking about a real difference in TV revenue. Yeah. As opposed to starting on December twenty second. Right. As opposed to starting in January. Yeah, it was a five hundred million dollar difference. Really? Yeah. Just half a billion dollars. Yeah, that's that's big boy money. Yeah. Yeah. And so, listen, like I understand all those things. I think everybody understands all those things. And am I optimistic that maybe they can pull it off safely and everybody's fine? Yeah, because the alternative fucking sucks. Yeah. Me just saying you're going to fail and all of the people like social media is just, you know, it's rife with the people that just love to point out your failures. But in particular, it feels like COVID has brought these assholes out. Um, we all should be rooting for no one to get it. Right. <laughs> yes. And, yes. and, you know, like, I don't care who it is. I hope nobody gets it. It doesn't make me feel anything. If I think the NBA shouldn't do something and they do it, and they succeed or they lose. I didn't feel bad. I didn't think that they should have come back for a bubble because I, I thought it was still too dangerous and it still was dangerous for the support staff. Yeah. Right. I did not like that. Uh, that being said, it was a success. I'm happy for them. That's great. I'm happy. I was wrong because it means fewer people got fucking COVID. Absolutely. Now Very happy like, to be wrong. And now you you're seeing the same thing now. Listen, yes, they shouldn't be coming back <laughs> for sure. Uh, it's going to happen no, no matter what. Open. Restaurants yeah. shouldn't be open. We yes. should be getting shut down. Uh, we should be getting our tax dollars into our pockets so people don't have to go to work so we can get over this damn thing. But that's not the fucking world we live in. And so they're coming back. And I hope that right. they're successful and I hope nobody gets COVID. That's what I want. Now it's not I, realistic. It's going to yeah. happen. Yeah. I will be but I the, think their protocols are going to be good. I will be the happiest person in the world to ever eat crow. If I'm wrong and they're able to to pull this off, oh hell yeah! Well, I think, oh, they're going to well, pull it off. See, that, that's the off. thing. They're going to pull it off. Number well, one, I'm talking like minimal cases, like nothing, sure. nothing it's major gonna happening. It's going to be this minimal, is just, minimal. Look at this, how this is just like the NCAA. Oh yeah, this is just like the NCAA tournament. The NCAA yeah. lost millions and millions and millions of dollars by not having by not having a tournament. So even if they limp in and you know half the teams have to cease operations in, in, in college basketball, they are going to have an NCAA tournament. Like they're not going to stop production because you cannot, they cannot afford to lose that revenue again this year. So, I mean, it's not a question of whether this is going to get pulled off. It's going to get pulled off. The question is, you know, how messy it gets in terms of cases and how, how many people get sick uh, players and otherwise um uh, along the way so what's the best case scenario is the best case scenario that okay the first round um um the the first round of of medicine uh is go- is 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 already starting to be distributed um how fast or how how slow does it take to to trickle down to the major sports leagues the nba the nfl the ncaa's mm-hmm. um you know, I talked to a couple of executives uh, around the league, and they're expecting probably that that players probably start to get vaccinated around March. Um, Interesting. I would have thought it was sooner than that. Just, I mean, well, I think there's an optics thing. There certainly is, and that's, I mean, and, even and with like, yeah, like you got it. Like, is you you've got it. You've got the nurses 
the frontline workers, they've got to be first. Absolutely. The yeah. People, the, 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 the vulnerable people, the vulnerable population, which means the nursing homes, they've got to be in that first round. Yep. All of those people got to be in that first round. And, you know, it, it even with how, um, even with how important or, you know, even with, with, with sports and with, you know, basketball, with football, with, you know, NCAA, you know, I don't, I don't think that they can come before, you know, the frontline workers totally. or the people or our most, most vulnerable population. I think yeah. children should be in that, in that early group too, because they are the ones that are damaged the most by all of the disruptions to daily life. That's right. I mean, yeah, if they could go to school safely. Um, but, yeah, right. Exactly. It, it helps a lot of people and you yeah. don't necessarily have to worry about yeah. them bringing it home. But to his point about the, the optics issue, wasn't there a report today that the NHL has secured, uh, has bought vaccines? No they, way. They were looking really? into it. They hadn't secured them yet. But like one of the big okay. plans was like, can we get this vac the vaccine first and just kind of like inoculate all of our players well, first this is the thing so i think nhl is gonna is gonna actually push their start backs for that and they may have a full season that's not interrupted baseball yeah. is probably gonna do the same thing like if baseball starts let's say may because they the federal government is hoping the new federal government is hoping that the rollout will be like mostly done by may or june which is amazing and you know this may be yep one of the best uses of the U S military in history um, because they are actually built for this kind of thing. They have the infrastructure. Um, and so if that happens, baseball might be able to, to do a condensed season, have a full season and finish on time and be right back to normal. Yeah. I understand the NBA's need to get going on Christmas day, like financially. It just, I don't know. The timing sucks for everybody. It does. Yeah. I mean, as as I mentioned, like, you know, things aren't exactly getting better at the moment, other than the fact that the vaccine is uh, I mean, people in healthcare workers in Utah got the vaccine today, which is great. That's awesome. Um, I feel so, like yeah. we need just a quick side. Sure. Note. I feel like we need a victory day. We absolutely yeah, need we, like some you know sort I mean? of. This yeah, is like a collective event, like a war, like a world war. I feel like we've lost more Americans in this war or in the, in the I don't, I call see, it a war, that's but. the thing, Dave. I don't think we can have a victory day. We've already lost 300,000 people. Well, no, but it is, it's I mean, we had a vic we had victory day after it's like an armistice day. Yeah, yes. yeah. an armistice like, day. Is thank God this is over. I, I, the, the thing that I think uh, I just keep thinking of how needlessly we've lost oh. so many hundreds of thousands, yeah. so many thousands of people like just and we yeah we still do every day while we're like praising the fact of the vaccine like i mean when, when we see our national and state leaders be, like just praying and saying oh my god we got the vaccine thank god like this is incredible i mean another like 20 utahns died today of it so it's like it yeah it's it's totally like it's i mean we all want this to be over and we want all to go back to like the normalcy that we had before this and but at the same time, I mean, we've talked about it every week for the last nine months that like it's I, I it's hard to really put into words how uh, how insane it is to see. So, I mean, I'm not seeing with my own eyes, but knowing how many people are dying around me in this country and just kind of having to continue on and pretend like that should just be the acceptance. Pretending like things are just normal. <clears throat> yeah. And like how how we've been conditioned to just like accept mass yeah. death 
all around us. Like I know all of us are uh, critically online, you know, and I'm sure a lot of us follow the same people, the same journalists, the same dystopian beat writers. And like, we get it every day. It's like, yeah, yeah 20 new people in Utah die, die today from the virus. 3000 plus, you know, it's the, it's the deadliest day in American history since uh, like even more so than nine 11. Yeah, we get we we have at nine eleven point five every single day now. It's yeah. just like, well, well, what's going on? Um, and we this... restructured so much of our society around that day, and we've done. I mean, other than working from home for me, like things haven't really changed, other than you know, socially, physically distant, or or whatever. But yeah, it's it's insane, and it's really hard to really comprehend the numbers and like that type of thing we're seeing. But like we live under the same system and the same society we do. And that's why the NBA is playing games right now. And that's why they're going to have fans in the stadium. Um, And that's why things are going to continue on. And uh, so like I was thinking about like, I think best case scenario, I I, I, factoring everything in, I think there was, we're probably likely to see some games um, postponed. Do you guys think that's, like uh, I think that's likely. Um, yeah. I, it wouldn't surprise me. Matter of fact, wouldn't that mean that the plan is sort of working? Yeah. Not, like yeah. everyone, everyone settles on like every COVID case that is popping up right now, even right. Is a, of there's a referendum on the NBA's entire plan, which is so silly, right? Yeah. These are the cases we're supposed to get. You're supposed to catch these early ones. Yeah. Now, hopefully you don't get more during the season because guys are following safety measures because we know that social distancing and masks and you know like limiting the number of people you're coming into contact we know these things are working yeah and so if those guys follow the protocols the hope is you're going to have so few cases it doesn't disrupt anything but if there are enough cases and the nba is canceling or postponing games that means they're following their protocol which is what we want right like do the thing that's safe i mean if you're gonna have the season do the thing that's safe. That's all I'm asking for. And the fact that we went from so many cases, well, not so many, but relatively a higher percentage of cases in that first round to one in the second round proves that, you know, we're clearly on a good trajectory for the NBA, at least mm-hmm. when the entire country is moving the complete opposite way in every way. So um, it's, it's well, uh, very, I, I, think, I think, I think if the players are vigilant about following protocol, you know, staying out of staying out of public places, staying away from clumps of people, you know, trying their very best. Then then I think that the cases, you know, had the potential to be mitigated some, yeah. um, you know, but, you know, if, if guys are going out and partying and and doing things that, you know, probably shouldn't be done, you know, then, yeah, we're going to, you know, we're going to have an issue with it. So, you know, I Everybody, everybody's got to do their part. The, the 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 NBA itself has to put a plan in place. You know, the 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 franchises have to impress upon the players. You know how important it is to follow protocol. The players have to follow protocol. Uh, the support staff, everything has to follow protocol. Yeah, yeah. Um, the arenas have to be safe. I mean, there's just so much stuff that needs to happen. 
And I, no. I, I think the players in general are probably in a different, a far different mindset now than they were back when the beginning of the bubble and all that, especially we've had so many players who have direct family members. They've lost family members to this. So like when you have a player like, how like many? Carl Anthony Towns had yeah. like seven family members die from it. It's like when you, when you have these players who have family and friends that have gone through this, um, I think everyone, uh, including them, especially since they're under a, a bit more scrutiny than the average person, um, is in a different place mentally than, than we were probably earlier. So hopefully there's a lot more, um, you know, people taking it seriously. I don't know about people like uh, Porzingis or whatever, what he's posting on his Instagram story, but I think the majority of the players are taking shit seriously. So I, I think one of the good things for the NBA too is it's much more manageable with just 15 players as opposed to, say, football, which the NFL has, what, 60 players on like any given roster and the NCAA yeah. – you have upwards of 70 or 80 and we're seeing just how much of a, of a like chaotic situation the NCAA is having right now too, with having to change rules for championship games, for conferences, switching out teams for conference championships, like Washington dropping out altogether the PAC 12 championship game. So Oregon yeah. has to move in Colorado is moving their athletics bus, like halfway between Colorado and, and Los Angeles, just staging it just in case it has to go. And wow. they're just parked in Reno. No, they're parked in St. George. Yeah. <laughs> Good spot. So just in case like USC can't play in the uh, Pac-12 championship game, Colorado will swoop right in and go. So I, Man, I think I, the, the NBA is in a much more co controllable situation than college football was. Yeah. This actually dovetails kind of into my, my uh, next question, which is like, so we still don't have like a firm grasp of the lingering effects of COVID just, you know, nation and worldwide. It's still a little bit of a mystery. We know that there's like some people that it, it kind of has like monotype effects that it just weighs people down for months on end. Some have, you know, lasting lung damage. And, you know, we just all saw what just happened to Keontae Johnson at Florida when he collapsed on the courts and he tested positive for COVID this summer. So like, my question is, what happens if one of the stars in the NBA gets COVID which, and, and ends up with, like, lasting damage? Like, you know, Luka Doncic gets COVID and gets, like, lasting lung damage and it, and it cuts his career short. Like, what, what, what happens? What's the fallout from that? I, don't, I have no idea. I mean, obviously, like, none yeah. of us do, but I don't know. I mean, I hope it doesn't happen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah. But the other thing is, and, and I – I don't obviously these guys are super rich. And so they literally could just go hang out in one of their houses, wherever they want and not be around other people. But when we look at how everyone else is acting, I actually think NBA players are likely to be more responsible than the average citizen. And it's because so much freaking money depends on it. Yeah, absolutely. And, and we saw it in the bubble, all those guys pulled together, got through it. And, and you know, Miss me with the hardship of hanging out in a resort. I get you miss your family. I, I totally understand that, but I don't need to see a, do a documentary about how tough the bubble was. That's right. You were fishing, you were fishing and playing golf every day and playing basketball. Well, I, I think, I think here's a point that people are overlooking. Um, and, and I think that this, this might help the NBA as opposed to the NFL, you know, there's the helmet thing in the NFL where, which is basically, unless you're Aaron Rodgers or Patrick Mahomes or, or somebody like that, by and large, if you're 80% in the NFL, you can still go out in public 
and not many people recognize you. Um, so like, they're not a whole lot of like six, eight, 325 pound humans in the world. And if you're in the NBA, if you're in the NBA, you know, by and large, you're, you're going to be recognized. Right. In public. So, you know, even during the season, I mean, even in the best of times, I mean, you know, yeah, some of these guys are going to clubs, but a lot of these guys aren't going out in public, you know, just for, yeah. you know, just for shits and giggles. A lot of these guys are at home. They're, you know, they're playing, they're playing Call of Duty or they're doing something online, you know, just out of, just out of creature of habit, just because they can't go to a grocery store. There are a lot of NFL guys that it's just not like that. You know, these guys can go out, a lot of these guys can go out in public and, and not be, and not be recognized. We'll look at them and be like, well, they must be an athlete, but yeah. we don't know not exactly know who. who. Yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know, so I, I think that, that that actually might subconsciously actually help the NBA as opposed to, 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 to what we see in the NFL. Yeah. It's a, it's I, a really I good. Don't disagree. I don't disagree at all. Yeah. The lifestyle is just a little bit different for the yeah. NBA. Absolutely. And oh, yeah. I mean, as Dave mentioned, like so much money rides on them being healthy. They're going to be put in every situation they possibly can be, um, you know, outside of their control to allow them to, to, to be as safe and, and healthy as they can be. But I mean, yeah, the, the question of um, what happens if a player does get it and, or the ones that already have end up having lasting effects. We haven't heard, I don't think we've heard anything about any NBA player that had it over the last um, nine months. If anyone's had any lasting effects, uh, you know, I think the vast majority of them luckily are, are pretty asymptomatic or low symptomatic, um, like Rudy and Donovan for the most part. Yeah. The only one I heard uh, of was Rudy. He just, it was just this smell was still gone. Like, yeah, but I mean, later. he had flu like symptoms early, so he probably had like a cough or something like the day before, um, you know, when he coughed on all the microphones or just kidding. Uh, yeah. So, um, yeah, it's going to be super interesting to see what happens. Um, hopefully, you know, definitely hoping for the best. And I, like you said, like you guys said, they're going to, they're going to do it and they're going to pull it off to the best they can. And we're just along for the ride. Um, so switching gears a little bit, uh, wanted to quickly talk about Giannis and kind of how this relates to a lot of jazz fans, uh, nervous sensibilities right now when it comes to, someone else that's really tall that hasn't signed a contract with the jazz right now. Um, so Giannis signed a five-year deal with the bucks for $228 million, which is a super max and, uh, is committed to wanting to win a title for, uh, Milwaukee. I'm assuming you guys, Dave and Tony, you guys are supportive of, uh, Giannis sticking around there. I love it. I love it. I mean, I, great I day. Think it was a great day for the NBA. Mm-hmm. Hell Yeah. It, yeah. certainly, it makes things more interesting. It lends itself to more parody. Yeah, it absolutely does. I couldn't be, uh, yeah, I, I would have been very sad um, if he had left. I, I've kind of like, the Bucks are kind of my East, Eastern Conference team. So um, yeah, as long as, as long as he's still there, that's good. You, so You know what people are thinking about? It, it, I found it amusing that people were like, um yeah Giannis you know you committed to you committed to the Bucks you're never going to win a title listen even if everything goes horribly wrong with this contract uh the Bucks suck Giannis comes nowhere near a title um he's going he can get out of this contract at 30 years old he's still going to be in the middle of his prime 
by the time he's ready for his next contract. Yep. So even if everything goes, this is worst case scenario, you know, everything goes wrong for the Bucs and and they don't sniff a title and Giannis feels like he has to go somewhere else, he's still going to be young enough to and, and have enough great years left that he can still chase a title beyond this contract. Not yeah. just that, but he's 30 still like, you know, most likely in his prime barring injury. And LeBron's retired. Bron's 41. He's, you know, hanging out in Beverly Hills shooting movies now. He might not be retired. He might actually still be in the league playing with Bronny. <laughs> Dude, I, I honestly wouldn't be surprised. That just kind of brings me up to a question I think about often. I think a lot of jazz fans have this, um, like, kind of just sense of dread about, you know, someone like Donovan Mitchell on the jazz. And I'm wondering, uh, you know, how you guys think players weigh in their, in their heads. Like, for example, do you think if Donovan Mitchell stayed with the jazz throughout his entire career, we never win a, a championship. He retires with the jazz. Um, do you think that players like Donovan Mitchell would rather have that type of legacy of being the, that kind of player for, the Utah jazz than say like being a player like Danny green or something and, you know, winning a title, a few titles with the type of role he has. What, what do you think play? I mean, I get, it definitely varies per person, I would say, but generally what do you guys think the, the general sense is in that, that type of way? Well, Donovan I honestly wants to don't win. Know. Yeah. I was going to say Donovan probably wants to win. A Don, yeah. Donovan wants to win. Like that's his, you know, that's his tunnel vision. That's his mindset. You know, and, you know, that that Donovan wanting to win and the organization knowing um, what Donovan's mindset is leads me to believe that Rudy Gobert is going to be back with the organization. And, you know, honestly, I I don't know how far the organization thinks that they are are from from possibly trying to compete for a title now. They know, like, I think everybody knows that right now the Lakers are the best team in the league. Oh, yeah. Far um, away. But, you know, with the Jazz, they know that if, they, if they're if they successful in locking up Rudy Gobert for the next four or five years, they know they have two all-NBA talents uh, that they can build around. And that's, you know, you know that's that's a hell of a starting point. You know, so it, it I, I think that, you know, the organization knows – that Donovan wants to win at the highest level. And, you know, I think that that the organization is going to do everything in these next four years uh, that they can to, to put uh, this roster in position to, to win at the highest level. Yeah. Before, right before Donovan goes to the Knicks, that is, I, I assume. <laughs> yeah, I think don't, I, I don't don't agree say with that. Tony. Don't I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm so sorry. <laughs> Sorry, I mean, Dave. I cut so, you off. Which, I, I'm trying to figure out if Tony would be happy for that or not. I don't. I just don't think he wants to spoken into the into the <laughs> yeah. universe. Hey, listen. I I cannot have personal and professional bleed into this podcast. Yeah, you know what happens when Tony gets asked about to to editorialize on Twitter. He says, "I just report." So yeah, he's not. He's just gonna, here so he doesn't get fined. That's right. And <laughs> if uh, Donovan ends up on the Knicks, there's going to be some some bleeding. I would I would assume, verbally, of course. But yeah, man. Um. Yeah. So, I mean, 
where Tony, I, you would probably know best, but like, where are we standing right now with uh, Rudy and the Jazz? Well, talks are ongoing, and you know, um, there's an offer on the table, and you know, there's a counter offer on the table, and it's just gonna, um, it's just going to be a matter of if, you know, both sides can come up with a number that they can live with. So, you know, that that's where we are right now, and. And I, I, I think that, you know, both sides know that they want to be committed to each other. Um, you know, so I, to be honest, I think even if it doesn't get done in the next six days, it'll get done. I, I expect I, I, I'll put it to you this way. I think if I had to guess that Rudy Gobert will be in a jazz uniform uh, in the 2021-2022 season. Man, would you take that no bet? Would you take that bet to Vegas? Um, <laughs> I'm not a betting man. But if but you were, like, if if you're put if you put a proverbial uh, gun to my head, I would I would say that my guess is that Rudy yeah. Rudy's in a in a Jazz uniform. Yes, because you know, I I think that the Jazz. I think the Jazz, I think Rudy knows what, what he has in Donovan Mitchell. I think the Jazz know what they have in Donovan Mitchell. And like I said, I think the Jazz know that they they need to make this work and have have the book in franchise guys. And I and I just think that I just think that both sides will figure out a way. Yeah. Yep. I uh I sir I sure hope so. But I mean I can't imagine, I mean you ditch a sure thing for potential of maybe getting a few more millions somewhere else i mean i don't know i I don't even know where gobert would go i don't know if anyone has speculation on that but yeah i mean listen there's a team not far from where i am right now that rudy gobert would be extremely good for and they will have the money for rudy gobert next summer i I think when when you think about luka Doncic, rudy gobert pick and rolls I don't want to think about that. I don't. Yeah. <laughs> I hate, I don't to, think I hate about to speak that. that into the universe, but uh, with with Porzingis spotting up, yeah, that makes me yeah, sad. And Josh and Josh Richardson. shoot me in the face. Yeah, and then they, you know, they drafted all these athletic wings. <laughs> yeah. Ooh, yeah, that team yeah. could could be pretty good. So that team's yeah. a perennial contender for a long time this man the like the highlight of uh the last this year for me was like watching luca in the playoffs man that was just that was that was something else a 40 point game on the bum ankle just i mean that just that that game winner in particular come on come on like somebody put the the mike breen bangs from that over like the covid and uh vaccine injections and i like that quite a bit that that was pretty good. Um, My favorite was somebody uh, used Goldberg's entrance music to dude, the uh, yes, <laughs> to yes, the, the doctors who were walking Walk in the box, the vaccine, the big yeah, the big box, the big the big safe into the hospital. Oh. Dude, yeah, I have a friend who's a pilot, and he apparently uh, is like he's contracted to do like cargo plane stuff. So he's been flying around the COVID vaccine, and that's I was wow. like, damn, that's that's a cool thing to be able to like think back on when you're old. I was like, yeah, I, 
I would be scared that like Bane would show up and do the whole Dude, uh, well, airplane thing. Yeah, there's some crazy shit around that. Like people are trying to like, yeah. Anyway, um, moving on a little bit, uh, just some other NBA things. Harden showed up last night looking like incredibly large. Um, and I just saw the pictures of him <laughs> working out, but uh, I didn't watch that game. So I have no idea how he did. I assuming he, I'm assuming he did Harden stuff. I don't know. It's just to Pre-season. that. Though. I saw somebody call James Harden online BMI autobio. <laughs> and Boo. I am now officially deceased. <laughs> that's something you, oh. that's something you would come up with. No, I did able. Nick Van double XL. Okay, yeah. And, uh, One of those is going to become like your Twitter username in like next week. So, oh, of course. I know. I know. Listen, um, when, you, when you have a talent, you have to you have to cultivate. So, uh, of course, this comes after uh, Harden showed up to preseason. Um, there's the, this photo that was going around Twitter of him just like warming up, and he's he's uh, he put on some some pounds. I think um, you know those strip club wings were kind of adding up a bit, but. That, of course, comes after like what we mentioned. I don't know what episode that was, but him basically just refusing to show up to uh, preseason camp. Um, he called the Rockets the Knicks of the West. Sorry, Tony. Um, he said he has no desire to play with John Wall. He demanded a trade. And um, I'm assuming that's kind of where things just left off. He uh, demanded a trade, and then now he's at preseason looking huge. So it sounds like the Rockets are going to have a really good season so far. Um, they're they're going to be good if James plays. John Wall <laughs> yeah. looks incredible. John Wall looks awesome and healthy Boogie for the first time so, in like, like forever. He looks so well conditioned. No, bo- now Boogie looks good. Yeah, he does. Boogie does look good too, which was weird. Like I wasn't. Ex- yeah. Was hey. not expecting Boogie to show up. I mean, I, I just the don't Rockets remember. Could be pretty damn good if James Harden shows up and gets himself in shape. And I'll say this, I think, you know, Sands James Harden, I'm not a fan of his. I think he's a phenomenal player. I think, you know, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's a top five shooting guard in the history of the league. Just simply not a fan, like, aesthetically of his game. And if they can trade him and get a good haul, Rockets might be my league pass team with John Wall and Boogie. And if they can get some guys for Harden, like, that could be a really – fun team like let's just say like for example hypothetically he goes to brooklyn and and the rockets get i don't know like spencer dinwiddie and karis lavert and and josh allen and you know some draft picks from that like that's a fun houston rockets team yeah yeah they're pretty Sign cool. me up for that um yeah so where do you guys i mean do you guys think he's gonna get traded and and where do you think he will get traded to I mean, I think if he wants to get traded, he'll get traded. It's yeah. the NBA. That's how it works. If Donovan Mitchell wanted to get traded, he get he could get traded. Well, as soon as he's eligible to be traded under the CBA after signing his extension. Yeah, but and it's it worked with Melo in Denver. Works. Yep, it's work with AD. Just how it works. Yeah. Yeah. Um. So where do you think he could potentially end up? I'm, I'm, I'm betting right? Philly. Philly. Okay. I mean, it's going to be but, a good Philly wait, team. You think that they're going to trade Ben Simmons? I mean, if push comes to shove, because I think Daryl Moore really, really loves James Harden. Um, you know, in in trading, you know, trading Ben Simmons for for James Harden doesn't 
um, doesn't affect the balance of the team. There's still a bunch of shooting around um, um, Joel and B. Um, I, I don't, you know, it's such an incredibly hard contract to trade. And I, to be honest, I mean, you know, I don't know if, if James showing up and, you know, lacking burst and explosion because, you know, he's been out in Vegas and yeah. Atlanta, you know, I don't know if that helps, but I mean, look, you know, if, if James, it just sounds like he's like pretty detached from the rest of the organization um, mentally. I mean, you know, Steven Silas today was basically like, well, we got to see where James's head is at. I mean, these are, the, you know, we're like less than a week away from the regular season. I mean, that's an incredibly disheartening yeah. thing to hear your coach say, you know, I mean, so, you know, I, I think it'll be interesting. Um, but, you know, I think that it, I, I will say this, if James really wants to be a traded, yo, get in shape, bro. Like yeah. get in shape, start throwing up forties again, you know? And then, you know, for, for everything that comes with your contract, your style of play, uh, your off-court habits, you know, every, you know, you being 30 right now, people will still just be like, well, he's still putting up 40 point triple double. So I'll trade for him. Yeah. You know? Yeah. And like, I mean, I don't know if this is accurate from my perspective, but like, you know, when he, when he said, like he was basically talking shit on the culture of, of the Rockets, which was weird to me from someone on the outside who seemed like they built their culture around James Harden and he was like their guy. Um, that was like, I mean, I, I know like Dave, as you mentioned, if he wants to get traded, he, he'll he probably get traded. Um, but it's like, I don't know how many people want to take that. At some point, like that's well, a lot to James take Harden, on. As why would you want to leave? I, that's what I don't understand. You're, like he, he get anyone he wants with they're him. They're gonna there. sign you to an extension. You're gonna get all that money. You run the organization. Yeah. I, I don't get it unless you know it's because of the new ownership, which could be a thing. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, guy guy might be a little cheap. You know, interesting. Um, and so maybe that's part of it. But otherwise, you're not getting the keys to another franchise. Yeah. Not at this point. Yeah. You're too old for that, buddy. Yeah, too old for that. And like, I mean, teams all over the league. Maybe Orlando. Like, yeah. I mean, there are there are a few. Which there by are... the way, James Harden in Orlando, you might have a really awesome team. Oh yeah. That would be <laughs> with you don't with have Aaron... shooters, but you've got yeah. defenders. Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, and I would just like to see him in the Eastern Conference. And as more people leaving to the Eastern Conference. It makes me happy. Would you trade Donovan Mitchell for James Harden? No, no, in a heartbeat. I mean, no, no, what? The top five player in the NBA, man. In a heartbeat, mm, I, I wouldn't no. do it. If you're Utah, if you I wouldn't do it. If you're Utah, you know, you know, you're getting the next four years out of Donovan Mitchell. If you trade Donovan Mitchell for James Harden right now, you're getting two years of James Harden. Against that's, uh, that's against the, the Lakers, yeah, you're getting a 30 year old James Harden that has to play against the Lakers this year, no matter what. So it's like you're and see, and that's the that's the big and big Donovan's a, a literal child still. So yeah. that's the hurdle for for Houston though, is that those trades just aren't out there for for James Harden. Yeah, Brandon like James, James Harden, like you don't well, like if James Harden gets traded to Philly or Boston or anyone a num number or Golden State or somewhere like that. 
you know, there is a chance that he's going to want to extend and, and extend his career there. Chance Harden just traded to Utah. He's leaving. Yeah. 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 Um, trails, I, trails ain't going to be enough. That's not. Well, say, even, with so, the, even with the team jet to Vegas. Yeah, no, absolutely. There's only, he go to, he could, he had trails and Southern exposure. He's got the two of those, but I, other than past that, I think he's going to be getting kind of bored. Yeah, around I don't here. think that's enough to hold him in place. <laughs> it's so, well, you're talking know. about we got american bush too i think there's northern exposure too i'm not sure actually oh. i think that one's in ogden um but yeah i don't even know if these are still who the fuck knows are people going to strip clubs right now probably james um, Harden is. that's right he is <laughs> uh dude james is making it rain bro he spent like did he did he give uh little baby like 300k in cash or something Anyway, goddamn, um, that was nuts. So, want to talk Brooklyn real quick, Tony? Give us from your perspective, what do you think of the Brooklyn Nets? Because I mean, I know they're they're as as a Knicks fan, they're probably your second favorite team, right? Just kidding. Hell no. <laughs> Aren't you from Brooklyn? Yes. Dude, people in Brooklyn do not like. I know. No, like we Nets. don't like the Nets. I, I, that's not, I don't, does anyone like the Nets? There's like very few other we than. We are all Knicks fans. That's what, yeah. that's, that's what we grow. That's what we grew up with. Yeah. The net, the Nets are imposters, mm-hmm. but they do have, they do have one of the top three players in the league. Um, so as long as that first step and that explosion to the hoop for Kevin Durant's, um, um, stays viable uh, to go with the rest of his game. Um, Brooklyn is going to be a handful because, you know, uh, Durant and, you know, and and Kyrie and Dinwiddie and Levert, you know, the question with Brooklyn is, right, that, like their question is going to be, how many stops can they get at the highest level when it counts? Um, and that that's the major question. If they can get stops then they have a chance to win the East. And if they they don't get stops, then at some point somebody's going to beat them. Um, so you're counting on a lot of guys who either have typically never defended or whose best days defensively are behind them. So, you know, Kevin Durant has been, you know, uh, a really good defender at his apex, but I don't think he's going to be the same level of defender. I think he he can be the same level offensive player, but I don't think he's going to be the same level defensively as before the Achilles. Yeah. You know, DeAndre Jordan isn't the same level of defender that he he used to be. Uh, Kyrie Irving, Spencer Dinwiddie, Karis LeVert, Joe Harris, those guys have never defended. Um, You know, so the question with this Brooklyn team is how many stops can they get? Like when you get to game six of the Eastern Conference Finals, against the Boston Celtics, how many times can you stop Jason Tatum? Or how many times can you stop Giannis? Or how many yeah. times can you stop Embiid or, or Ben Simmons? And that's going to determine what their ultimate destiny is going to be. That's, I, I, I buy them as a good regular season team, but not as a, a final team. Because yeah. just, also, every, just because of what defense. I said, right? Yep, the defense. I, Kevin, Durant, Kevin Durant looks great. Um, he looked uh, so good in that preseason game. It was awesome, and it was so nice to see. And so I think Kevin Durant has a really great shot at winning MVP. Yeah, plain and simple. Like, I, voters, voters are going to want to vote for Kevin Durant. Like we, yeah. we pretty much could say 
Giannis is going to have to score 40 a game to win a third straight MVP. It's just not going to happen. We all know how this game works. Mm-hmm. LeBron, I, I think he's probably going to have not have his foot on the gas like he did last year. Um, I, I don't expect LeBron to be in the running. Are the Warriors going to be good enough that Steph Curry's in there? I doubt it. Uh, everybody keeps saying Luca. I think the Mavs are going to really miss KP for that first month, month and a half. They're going to, they're not going to be stacking wins early. So I think when you start looking at MVP race, you look at guys like Kevin Durant, obviously Jason Tatum, uh, Damian Lillard, Nikola Jokic, maybe Donovan Mitchell. It feels like a Kevin Durant year. For, yeah, if, but if he, if he has a, if he, if he has himself a year. Yeah. Here's what I'll tell you. If a team that's not the Lakers is the one seed, their best player has a great shot at being MVP. Because the Lakers are seen as so much better, and rightfully. I think they're in a tier by themselves. But I don't know how they're going to treat the regular season. They could yeah. coast. They the could, Lakers, they, they could the Lakers could, out. The Lakers could care less where they're playing the Western Conference Finals. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Well, it, it won't matter, right? Like, uh, like they, they are still going to go to the finals out of the West, no matter who wins, I think, unless there's an injury there. They're just, they're just yeah. so much better. But I mean, we could see the Nuggets, the Jazz – Maybe the Clippers, but I doubt it. Um, uh, but or Portland being the one seed in the West, and I think that's where you start looking at the MVP options, and you're like, okay, I can see it. Kevin Durant is kind of on that list for me. Just I think he's going to score like 30 a game with yeah. no sweat. Dave, uh, what do you think? Like overall impressions on the Steve Nash hire? No idea. I mean, w- weird. Yeah. To not get a not get a guy that knows how to coach, but. Like they got a staff full of those guys. So Steve Nash is there to be the guy that Kyrie and Kevin Durant respect. Um, if if he's able to build a culture there, that's great. But you know, weird. It's weird anytime a player yeah. doesn't coach and, and gets a job, like just yeah. walks into a head job. It's so different than being a player. Um, you know, and, and there's so many guys that have been sitting on benches for years that used to play that are probably ready to coach teams. Sam Cassell still hasn't gotten a head coaching job telling me that guy can't do it. Yeah. I just, you know, um, so I think it's weird, but it might work. I think seems like Jacques Vaughn's got a lot of work on his plate. I think my favorite thing about the Brooklyn Nets is they seem like the, like the biggest no game plan, just vibes team, which I'm a huge fan of. It's going to be, it's going to be, you know, I don't know. They're going to just go back and forth. Isolation, possession, isolation, possession, isolation, possession. They were running plays that went nowhere. Did you guys notice that? They started the game. They were like whipping the ball around the perimeter, but it wasn't like a play. Yeah. They the ball around, making it look like you're doing stuff. And then Kyrie dribbles 40 times into a contested, <laughs> contested mid post pull up. And it's, and people are like, Oh, he was cooking him. No, no. He had a good shot. Now Kyrie it's is just vibes. hitting those tough shots. That's right. Their, their, their whole offense is going to be vibes. There are no vibes on defense. <laughs> no <laughs> vibes. They're not giving any fucks on defense either. Right? Yeah. yeah. There's going to be stuff. so many 130, 124 games, and I am here for every single one of them. You yeah. Need to it's... Score not to defend. <laughs> That's, yeah, exactly. Um, so let's close out here. I mean, j- just to round things off with the Jazz, um, we. <laughs> I say we because I'm a jazz fan. Um, I'm not a journalist, but yeah. So we brought back. Um, yeah, there we go. Uh, Derek Favors, obviously. Um, that was. 
I don't think there is a single jazz fan that was against that. No matter, like you could find any jazz fan in the world uh, as, um, let's just say as differing opinions as they may have. Uh, and I don't think anyone was against bringing um, Derek Favors back. He's universally loved here. Tony, I think you've probably gotten that impression as well. And it seems like he loves Utah quite a bit. Yeah, I mean, you know, I think that he missed Utah when he was uh, in in New Orleans in, in terms of, you know, the structure and, and the system and the culture. Um, and, you know, I think that, you know, he, there there was a lot of thought uh, after the season ended of, of coming back. He, the Jazz um, – the jazz knew that they wanted, that they were interested. And, in, you know, once, you know, free agency opened up, you know, the two sides started talking and a deal was uh, made, you know, pretty quickly. So, you know, I, I think that, you know, I think that the jazz are paying him um, because they know they're paying him $9 million because they know that he's a starting caliber player that they're going to bring off the bench yeah. tonight. Um, so you got to pay for that one way or the other. Um, but man, those 20 minutes a night, you know, we, we, those 20 minutes a night last year wrecked the jazz. Yep. Every single time yeah. Gobert was on the bench. I mean, it was like clockwork. We were on Twitter. We were like, all right, well, Gobert's going to the bench. The jazz are up 24, 17. Let's see what happens when they're back, you know, two minutes into the second quarter. Well, the jazz are down 32 to 29. So, yeah. It was literally just trying to mitigate the how bad the deficit was going to be by the time Gobert came back in. Well, yeah, they have it's, a top it's... five defense when he's on the court, and it's bottom five when he's off. And yeah, favors was so important to what they were doing defensively a couple of years ago. It, it, this is funny because Tony and I we we talked about the continuity aspect of the Utah Jazz, right? Like, it's an incredible situation. Like everyone stayed, and they even brought back a guy who was really good for them previously. I think that Utah got better in a lot of Absolutely. ways. They're going to have Jordan Clarkson all season, which allows them to, to run the same offense all the time. You got Derek Favors, who allows you to play the same defense all the time. I mean, I think that people are starting to overlook Utah because they're putting too much weight on dropping a 3-1 lead, which statistically is more likely than you think. It's still the same seven games, and those teams were extremely close. So, yeah. you know. But the, yeah, to but lose, this time to lose a three-one lead, you got to get a three-one lead. That's so right. I, I just think that people people have gone a little bit too far on on the Utah stuff. It's going to be the Donovan Mitchell show from day one, and we saw how successful their offense was in that mode. Conley's going to be playing off the ball. I, I think this team got better, um, in particular because everyone's going to be there. Bringing favors back is is huge. This is my favorite move. Uh, for, for Utah in the offseason uh, over even uh, re-signing Jordan Clarkson. I think the favors move matters more. Yeah. Clarkson, definitely Utah's most uh, playing on vibes type of player. Uh, his preseason well, has been. Need that. You need the, that. Though. Yes. Yes. The important thing with favors that you need to know is that as a start, he was one of the top five to eight starting centers defensively last year when he was with New Orleans. He's the really only time. Good. The only time that New Orleans defended last year was when Derek Favors was on the floor. Like, that's the only time that they defended. And, you know, he's, he's, 
he's so good at protecting the rim and defending out on the floor. Um, you know, it, 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 it's basically you're putting a, you're putting a, a starting big on the floor against, against second unit bigs. And, and I think that the, the jazz really improved themselves uh, by, by just that one move. And, you know, I, I think it's funny that people, uh, there are some people who look at that and they're like, well, you know, the jazz just, you know, they brought in another clunker of I'm like, I don't think you guys realize how much that move is going to help the jazz on both ends of the floor. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I think Derek was quoted saying like he was watching like, you know, the jazz in the playoffs last or earlier this year, um, thinking that he could be helping in a lot of ways. And I think that we all definitely saw that with Rudy off the courts. Um, and like, you know, I, in, in my opinion, like so far in preseason, I thought like Juwan Morgan in particular has made like some pretty big leaps in the off season. Um, Mieoni is in the, uh, rotation as well. And then, um, Tony, I would just love to get your thoughts on uh, Udoka Azubuki and Elijah Hughes' draft picks, who both also looked have looked really great in preseason. Yeah, they both look really good. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, in, if, if two years, if, if in two years, Elijah Hughes isn't the starting shooting guard. Yeah, he's a bucket, man. Watching um, him has been super impressive. His he's got a very large offensive bag. Yeah. I mean, what people don't realize is how good his handle is. Like he can, like he can get past people with his handles. Um, you know, not, you know, I, I think, you know, the biggest, the biggest thing that the jazz are having with him right now is number one, you know, we needed to play defense, you know, that's, that's going to be, that's going to be his thing. And number two, you know, he's so talented, you know, at, at off the dribble, you know, don't settle for, you know, 30 foot threes, even though you can shoot 30 foot threes, don't settle for them because you're so good at, you're so good in pick and roll and you're so good off the dribble. So, you know, there are a couple of things. I mean, I, he's got a lot of ability and a lot of talent. Um, you know, he can help the jazz from day one offensively. Is it's just whether or not he's going to commit to the defensive end and and commit to doing the things that that allow or that that are going to make Quinn Snyder put him on the floor. Yeah. Um, you know, we talk about the COVID. We talk about injuries. Listen, be, between both of those and between COVID injuries and the fact that in the first half of the season the Utah Jazz are going to play 37 games in 71 days. Between all three of that, Elijah Hughes, Mayoni, and Jawan Morgan are going to get shots at some point. Yeah. And, and Andrew Doka Azubuki, all four of those guys are going to get shots yeah, at some well, point. Especially Azubuki, because there's no way that favors and Gobert play every game are going to be playing every game and Mike Conley is going to sit and Joe Ingles right. is going to sit and, and Boyan's going to sit like as talented as the jazz are they've got a lot of guys on the wrong side of 30 and when you're paying what 37 games in 71 days like you're going to need to take a break you know I'm yeah I'm 
35 and I can't even imagine doing a back-to-back nowadays. Like even just like going to the gym and lifting and playing ball. I can't imagine. Can you still be my pick and roll partner? Oh, dude. (laughs) Since 24 hours, no longer a thing. RIP 24. I will be the lifetime gym screen assist. Can you, I mean, just (laughs) leaders. So bro. uh, if there's That's, one thing that I'm never going to do again post-COVID, it's taking the gym and pick up ball for granted ever again. I have not played right. basketball with anybody but myself since March. Oh, yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's been too it long. It is fucking killing me. Um, I, had also, a, uh, I had a oh. hamstring injury for the six months before. No. Oh, no. So you haven't hooped in over a year. It's awful. I mean, I went out, I got some shots up outside and I now live in a place that's extremely windy. And so it was a miserable, no miserable afternoon. And I was just like, this sucks. And I got to the point where I was like calling churches to try to rent a gym just to go get shots up alone. There's There's some churches in Utah that are holding some secret runs. I had to get up. Now that doesn't surprise this, me. This, this is how <laughs> no. desperate. This is how desperate I was. I had to get up on, at at six thirty on a Saturday morning to go to go to a gym this Saturday, but they were playing, and I got up and down. Man, the underground basketball league, huh? That is one of the best things about <laughs> like living in Utah. Is you just gotta know like the kid whose dad is a Mormon bishop, and like that's hey, right. Hey, you can get his keys, right? Yeah, no, I always exactly. Utah is the pickup basketball capital of America. You it wouldn't is. think it, and it's, and <laughs> it's, day, it's day super you know unassuming, you know but there is a Mormon church on every single block, and someone there has the keys in your neighborhood, and there is run at that gym guaranteed at least once a week. Well, you know, the, the best the, the best text is when you wake up and one of your random friends just texts you. Hey, yo, I got a church. Yep. Yes, sir. <laughs> yeah. And you know, you know what that, like, you see that text, you be like, oh, it's on and pop. What time? All right. Yeah. Just, All right, Ben. Drive. I'll see you at 8 a.m. Let's go. Yep. Right. I need an address and a time. Let's go. Yep. It rules. <laughs> it absolutely rules. That is, that's been, that's been my thing since like 16 years old. So like the better, almost 20 years is like, yeah, you get, you get in with, with a crew, you get the text message, usually on like a Thursday or Friday for the Saturday run and it's on a pop. Yeah, it really is uh, something else. I've, I wish I, I mean, that's, if anything could get me to go back to uh, church again, it would be church access to play ball in because yeah, that was quite the hookup I had. Um Let's see. So let's end on some predictions, if that's cool with everyone. Um, I guess we'll probably just do a little speed rounds, go around, just uh, give our prediction for awards and uh, what things are going to shake out as this year. Um, let's see. So let's start with the MVP. Jordan, MVP pick. Uh, I don't know. I hate doing the awards. You're taking too long. Greg, MVP <laughs> pick. Uh, I'm going with Damian Lillard. I think okay. he's going to cook. Tony. LeBron James. All right, Dave. I think it's going to be Kevin Durant. I think it's going to be Kevin Durant as well. That's my that's my pick. Now, I'm going to give a different answer to this on yep. every podcast. That's a that's a <laughs> absolutely <laughs> cover your, your bases. Yep, well, that's here's right. the, I also I don't care. 
I don't care. I don't care about awards. I, I just can't. I cannot be bothered to care except for in framing the type of season somebody has. So, like, there could have been five defensive player of the year last year. Any, yeah. Any of five guys would have been fine to me. The idea is, like, you know, being nominated means something. It um, does. So, I just don't. And I also, I really don't care about my predictions either. Um, I just don't. What, what am I going to What do I want a cookie? <laughs> You know, oh yeah, Kevin Durant. <laughs> yes, MVP. I will be giving you a me. cookie if you yeah, are right. But I don't gamble, so my picks mean nothing. Literally, they mean, mean something nothing. in my. They mean something in my heart, Dave. But I am giving you guys the real answers. That's right. I need that. I I do think Kevin Durant has a really good shot for the reason reasons I laid out earlier. I'm surprised. Jordan's Jordan's pick is Russell Westbrook. Okay. Um, what? <laughs> yep he's gonna have another he's gonna have a four four five by five season he's gonna average a five by five this is like a fantasy draft auto pick this is bullshit he's gonna average with the five by five um let's see how about uh six man of the year jordan clarkson probably nice greg the greatest sixth man in utah jazz history said by <laughs> our boy tony jones I'm going with Jordan Clarkson too. I think I think it will. I think it, he has a legitimate shot. Tony, what do you think? I'm going Spencer Dinwiddie. Okay, that's, that's Dave, a good do you have a prediction? Even though he's currently in the starting lineup, I think at some point they're going to really realize that Spencer needs to come off the bench and just cook. I think yep. it's Trez Harrell. I think without a doubt, that's what it's him or or Dennis Schroeder. Um, those guys. They, if if Dennis doesn't start, I think it's Dennis, but I, I think he might start. Um, they brought those guys in to literally be workhorses. To, I'm a, to I'm a big I'm a big Dennis Schroeder fan. So I, I think one of those two guys. If Dennis starts, obviously he can't win. But I yeah. think Trez has a pretty good shot. Trez is great. I, I man, someone resurfaced an old clip of Schroeder when he played for. Um, atlanta and he got like a really gnarly haircut one time <laughs> the barber completely fucked him up oh man i wish i hadn't seen that again um okay let's uh just eastern western champions and who your who your uh nba final winner is jordan uh probably bucks lakers okay greg wait who do you think is gonna win i'd say the lakers i yeah. Who's going to come up against them this year? Like, they got better. How the hell did they I get know. better? Greg, what about you? We're having a rematch of the 80s. It's Lakers, Celtics, Lakers, and six. Wow. Okay. Tony? Um, I'm going Bucks, Lakers, Lakers, and six. All right. Dave? Um, You know, I think the Bucks are have a really good shot, but I'm picking Philly. I think Lakers, Sixers, Uh, you know, Lakers win, but. I think that 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 could be the series. I think Philly yeah. is going to be pretty damn good. When you look at the team they had two years ago, this one could be better than that. And Ben Simmons is kind of like a defensive. I don't know. What do we even call that? Like it's not Guru. a Swiss army knife because it's way better than a Swiss army knife. It, it's, it's very similar to Draymond green. Yeah. And, and I mean, it's just, it's hard to account for that. I think for a lot of people. Yeah, he's a super interesting player. He's I I, so I think I think the Bucks are gonna they're gonna choke again, um, like they have unfortunately, because I like the Bucks a lot. I think I think also it's gonna be the Sixers. I think they're gonna put it together, 
and then the Lakers, unfortunately, and the Lakers are going to win because, of course, that's the world we live in. That's that's life in this society. I love and, the the Shea Serrano flow chart that he posted during the the right after the Lakers won the Western Conference Finals, and he's like, "Does your team have LeBron James?" And it just had a little flow chart that says yes or no. Yes, and then the, be in the, the, NBA the no says your team will not be in the NBA finals. The it's yes uh, was if you if your team has LeBron, you will be in the NBA finals. I know. How long do you think LeBron? LeBron's going to be in the league though? Like I don't know, but I hope have. I hope when he finishes this contract, he just bounces around the league. I hope he stays awesome and just goes to all the franchises that haven't made it to the finals before. Just one year deals. <laughs> he, he just does like right? a one man barnstorming team. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> uh, it would be awesome. cooler if he started it now. How right? funny. If he just said, hey, trade me to Minnesota. Let me take these bozos to the finals. <laughs> That'd be really cool. How funny would it be if he went to Charlotte and got Jordan's team to the finals? I mean, that's the ultimate move, right? That's got to be the ring number seven. Yes. Jordan trade would never allow it. Yes. Jordan wouldn't allow it. No way. Whatever. Have LeBron rewrite the CBA. Uh, that, like, you know, it's oh his man. league. I wonder what Jordan wants. I would Jordan. watch that last LeBron, dance LeBron. of like LeBron on the on the Hornets, where it's just Michael, Michael Jordan, Jordan look, talking about it. It'd be game seven. LeBron's got the ball in his hands, the chance to win it. Michael Jordan's going to run on the court and clothesline an opposing player and have the Hornets disqualified. <laughs> <laughs> they're gonna oh have to rewrite God. the calvin klein rules oh, <laughs> they're, gonna have, to, they're gonna have to make a whole new documentary celebrating how much of a psychopath michael jordan is the most psychopath move in history <laughs> God, it's either that or it. he's gonna be up in a media suite with a you know i don't know water gun that that is like a high-powered water gun and shoot him in the face while he's trying to attempt a, a Jordan's up there with a fucking laser pointer just getting LeBron yeah. in the eye and he's shooting. <laughs> Meanwhile, LeVar Ball has courtside seats and he's telling everybody that he could beat Jordan and LeBron one-on-one. Oh, God. I love that Tony turned the camera on at the end of the pod. <laughs> hey, listen, man. I got to this, 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 this is the exact this is the, this is the exact place that i've been in this entire hour and a half uh-huh. are you shirtless as well i i do have a shirt on it's black okay hair. all right i'm not gonna be on the pod with a bunch of dudes fucking shirtless hey man i don't know you're in bed i don't that's like it's not that different <laughs> man if there's one thing this pod has consistently said it's dudes rock 2020 that's right and we want, <laughs> we want our dudes to live the way they they choose to live if that's shirtless in bed recording a pod hey no judgment here. Hey, like like I said, the content wasn't no different. That's right. It's all the same. Well, hey, uh, Dave, do you want to give those plug put those plugs off again? Because uh, we might as well go put to them the on athletic.com slash game notes. Buy one, gift one. Get a get a gift for yourself and lie to someone and tell them you actually only bought them one. That's right. Get it for a friend or a loved one. Buy it, get it. For yourself and give it to an enemy. I don't care. Just go to theathletic.com slash game notes and sign up. It's it's a crazy deal. Yeah. I yeah, the athletic is like the only uh publication that I uh pay money to subscribe to. So um I and would I'm not just suggest supporting local journalism. 
I have a tri- I have a trib thing through. Uh, I was gifted a trib thing, but I I do pay for the athletic out of my own own mine own pocket. I think it's worth it. Oh just yeah, for Tony Jones. Uh, just for Tony Jones, it's worth it. For Tony, it no. is. I, I gotta support my fellow Mets fans because we're yes. we suffer. <laughs> I'm suffering. Less we suffer. Lest we suffer. Wait, so you're you're a Knicks, Mets, and Washington football team fan. Yes, and and Georgetown Hoyas. Hang on. Wait, (sighs) why are you a Washington fan? Because my mom is from D.C. and her whole family is from D.C. And, like, I was drinking. It's like like religion. I was drinking drinking out of burgundy and gold mugs when I was, like, three years old. Yeah. Okay. He's culturally so, Washington football. You can find you can actually for my fourth birthday, you can find me in in, in a John Riggins uh uniform. Tony has yeah. my Mark fourth birthday. Tony actually has a Mark Rippin back tattoo. That's beautiful. I mean, listen, I, it's actually Jay Schrader, <laughs> but <laughs> Just saying. Oh, Where yeah. can people find you on social? I'm a T Jones on the NBA. Right. And Dave? Uh, Dave Dufour NBA, just like everybody else. Dave just Dufour type in, if you just NBA. type in Dave, I think I just come up. I'm the first Dave. Let's see. I do one of the preeminent Daves on the internet. Dave no. Weigel. We got uh, don't, Dave don't Anthony. I'm the guest. Don't embarrass me by naming all these other people. Dave Wasserman. Don't lie to me. You are oh, you are you are fourth on my Dave list, actually. Not bad. Not bad. That's not pretty bad. good. I mean, See, that's how the lies work. It's, it's you're in high company. Hey, I wouldn't have. I don't know who Dave Itzkoff is, but he's right after you. So, congratulations on being the number four Dave. I'm my, my own first Dave. So. That's what really he might be number four on the Twitter search bar that's personalized for me, but he's number one Dave in my heart. Number one Dave in my own heart. And your heart as well. I do have an Uncle Dave though. So Dave, you're number one on mine because like at least a couple of those Daves he just named blocked me. So (laughs) (laughs) really? Okay. All right, boys. Well, thank you so much for joining us. And uh please check out um I mean subscribe to athletic and uh you don't pay for our podcast so pay for theirs yeah but also yeah check out game notes let us know how it's going uh i think that leave uh, them a review like and subscribe yeah, yeah well just let let me know how i'm doing that's that's what is really important here really that's focus right. on me only only give dave feedback. Only, yeah, all feedback I, directed to dave none yeah, of only positive stuff though don't don't give me any like constructive criticism or actual critiques i don't want any of that just tell me that you like me that's it and tweet your please tweet your political opinions at tony jones on the nba dot uh (laughs) on twitter please do that yeah you know what actually just you can you can absolutely tweet him at tony jones on the nba.com that tony jones (laughs) because that will not be that will not be my twitter handle (laughs) can can i ask a question that i'm not going to ask on our podcast sure do you do you only use instagram through a web browser is that what i'm hearing what (laughs) can you do that still (laughs) tony Um, can you can you confirm or deny this i have i have the instagram app how long have you had it? About five months. Oh, okay. All right. How long have you had Instagram? About seven months. There were a couple Isn't months of it. 
No, actually, wait a minute. <laughs> I've had, oh, this is worse. I've had IG oh, yeah. for about a year. And so, you've yeah. only had the app? Okay. About five months. See, it's good to make growth during quarantine. I, I think that's that's good. How did you even use it on the web browser? Can you even post you or anything? Can, say, can you post pictures on, on I mean, the web browser? It's very slow. Now, by the way, I get a hard time because I don't like Twitter on my phone. I use Twitter on my desktop. Yeah. That's a smart move because that keeps Listen, you from like, the, giving yourself mental illness. Right. The person who dined me out. <laughs> the person who's that listen she's she 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 she's dying me out for a couple of things like google maps mm-hmm. um you know yeah were, were you using MapQuest? were you printing um, out the directions just printing out MapQuest. <laughs> uh boy uh, yeah i just i needed to ask tony i just had to ask I saw it and I just had to ask you. I figured this was a safe place to do it. You couldn't just send me a text. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> okay. Well, it's like he Tony is really like the real life Clark Griswold. He's the best. Tony I, Tony Jones is the best. Clark. Put that I make just, sure I that's just on wanna, the record. I just want to write and hoop. That's I, it. I love that's literally it. all I want to do. When this quarantine's over, bro. Again, we will link up and you will get me a whole hell of a lot of buckets on that pick and roll. I'll bring Kyle Sims and he can play on our team. No. Though <laughs> off 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 record, we uh we can talk about that once we're done recording. Okay. If you got if you guys ever wanted to see Greg almost commit a homicide. <laughs> Kyle Sims, huh? interesting that's good to know he's been threatening uh, local politicians on this very program i have not threatened a single politician i simply (laughs) challenged them to a charity boxing match that's right sorry yeah that i mean no and none of them not a single one of them has have taken me up because a they're cowards and b they hate charity um okay i also just want to end i i ending on a local utah note that i just have to mention um, Brad Wilson, Speaker Brad Wilson of the House, is uh, total trash and holding teachers hostage for bonus money to get them to go back into person. Something that they don't have control over is really fucked up. And uh, yeah, bad dude. Okay. Anyway, Jordan, Greg, any last words? Um, let's Subs- go Mets. Nice. Subscribe to the Athletic. Okay. Bye bye. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Dribble up and down the court, just like I'm the king on the microphone. So it's Dr. J and Moses Malone. I like slam dunks and taking it to the home. My favorite play is the alley. Ooh, I like the pick and roll.